Hey everyone, and welcome back to Can't Stop Learning. In this episode, I brought my husband Ryan back to talk about talking. We've been together for over a decade now, and somehow we still find new things to talk about every day. This ability to share anything and everything that's on our minds has been crucial to both of us feeling like we belong and are appreciated in our relationship. Like most young people who start a serious relationship, it wasn't always easy to say how we felt. There was always a little nagging feeling that saying the wrong thing might drive the other person out the door. But after plenty of arguments that resulted in slam doors turned into turning around to say we're sorry, that trust to say how we feel at any point started to form. Then you start to kind of gain the trust in the relationship of, okay, I can't think that this person's going to leave me every time they disagree with what I'm saying mm. <laughs> or else you'll drive yourself nuts. Mm-hmm. So. It's inevitable in any friendship or relationship that the people involved won't see eye to eye at some point. What we found so far is that as long as the goal of the fight is to find a solution and not just hurt the other person, 100% of the time you'll find a way to come back together. Like, you're wasting time being mad at somebody when you guys can be happy. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just get it over with, argue about it, get everything out there and figure out how to fix it mm-hmm. and then move on. I'll be honest, our relationship has never been perfect, but we do have a strength in our ability to communicate about everything that life throws at us. And we hope some of the ways we've learned to solve our problems, either from our family's advice or simply stumbling through it ourselves, might provide some ideas for anyone who is currently struggling to find that equilibrium with a partner or friend. Okay, so I'm really excited to announce that we recently surpassed 500 streams for this show after only six episodes. The energy and support around Can't Stop Learning is real, and it's motivating me to come up with more and more things for all of us to learn. In order to keep growing, I wanted to let you know that I've activated listener support for this show. That means you can set up a monthly subscription to help support with any of the production costs, which covers everything from music rights to support growing artists, to new recording equipment so we can sound even better and record in more exciting locations, And 30% of all the money raised will go to charities or nonprofits that support education and learning access for all. My show will always be free to listen to, but if you'd like to help grow the show and support education for more people, you can set up a recurring payment of either $1, $5, or $10 per month at the anchor link in this episode's description, or send your single payment of any amount via Venmo or PayPal. All of my information is listed in this episode's description and in the show information. Now, I know times are financially tough for many people right now, so if you're not in a position to donate, you can still help by spreading the word about the show and all of our new episodes when they're released. Follow us on Instagram, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or send us ideas for things you really want to learn about. Thank you in advance for any support that you can provide. Now, let's get to my conversation with Ryan. So when are the Patriots actually going to play? Oh, they rescheduled the game for 5 o'clock tomorrow, our time. Who are they playing? They're playing Kansas City. And who has COVID? Both teams. <laughs> so, oh, dear. Yeah, so. <sighs> Welcome back, dear. Thank you, thank you. How's everything going? Everything's good. Everything's busy. Busy but, with what? Uh, I've been working a lot. This is the prime time for 
the field I'm in. So, you know, doing it between that and well, I guess we're not rafting anymore, but <laughs> unfortunately, a little too cold. Um, you know, elk season. So the past few weekends I've been out in the mountains hiking up and down, basically just taking my bow for a walk. <laughs> Say not shooting anything. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've seen a few few bulls, but it's incredibly hard to get close to them. So I'm, it's still a learning process, but... You need to earn your stripes. We've only been here for like six months. Yeah. I mean, basically you're walking around all day wondering why you're out there in the first place. So <laughs> it's fun though. I mean, it's cool being in places that probably nobody else have, has been before. Mm. So there's something to say for that too. Maybe not even animals in some of those places you're making footprints. Apparently. <laughs> so, <laughs> but <laughs> that's right. <sighs> so we'll figure it out. Yeah. So, You'll get there. Yeah. Hopefully. It takes a lot of time. It sure does. A lot of uh, a lot of practice and just commitment. So it reminds me a lot of having good communication in a relationship. Oh, does it? Why do you say that? Because it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of practice. Mm, okay, like eleven years. Yeah, eleven years together. Yeah, still learning how to do it. <laughs> I'd say we're pretty good at it, though. Yeah, yeah, we do all right. Why do you think that it's so important? Um, I mean, I think that it, it's important to be on the same page because if you're not, it leaves a lot of room for error, I Mm. guess. If you're not upfront with somebody, then kind of lying to yourself and to them, Mm. right? I heard Michelle Obama on her podcast say the other day that resentment is the start to all divorces. Mm. Just silent anger Mm. and resenting the other person. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth in that, mm. for sure. It takes a while to get there, though. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've obviously been pretty comfortable with that for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't even really know how it started, though. I feel maybe like six months to a year into it is when at least I started feeling really comfortable telling you every single thing that I was feeling. Yeah. Whether you wanted to hear it or not. Well, you know, <laughs> of course I wanted to hear it, babe. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's something that really kind of builds over time. It's not like a particular moment where you're just like, oh, switch goes off and, you know, you feel like you can tell everybody everything, but I think it takes a lot of time and starts with little things here and there and go through things in early stages of a relationship and it just, you know, kind of molds that mm-hmm. over time and once you start to feel comfortable, you'll just naturally start to really trust that that person's going to help you and respect your opinion on things. And Yeah, one of the things I think we both really hate to see is going to restaurants or hanging out with friends and we see couples just sitting on their phones, like not even speaking. Yeah, I mean, we've we made that a point a long time ago to not do that. So it's pretty rare that we're both, we both have our phones too yeah. at that moment. So yeah, I think it's it's awful. It's one thing. I mean, then again, like we could be sitting down and they could be looking something up that they were talking about and yeah, whatever. That's true. But we never know the context. Yeah, I just is... I remember someone we had a friend that we were talking to about this and why we like to talk all the time. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "How do you still find things to talk about?" And that was only after a couple of years. I don't think we've ever found the end. <laughs> 
I can't think no, of No, I think there's time. always something to talk about. Yeah. Especially you now. Have to, but that goes back to the effort, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to try. Mm-hmm. If you're not trying to do it, you won't ever talk about anything. Yeah. What do you think is some of the most important things that we talk about that sort of logistically help our relationship? Hmm. Um, we're very upfront about how we feel about things. Mm. So whether that's things around the house or it's, you know, something the other person's doing wrong (laughs) (laughs) or (laughs) we talk about money, we talk about bills, we talk about, I mean, we're very honest with each other about things. Mm. Um, I mean, and I like that a lot about a relationship. Yeah. And I think you start to build sort of unwritten rules Hmm. around all of those different things. So if you're upset about something around the house, we know that we can say that because we're sharing this space Mm -hmm. and we feel like that's something that is valid to be either complaining about or to bring up. Yeah. And usually we'll just bicker about it. (laughs) So yeah, until it gets taken care of or... And I think on the money side, one of the things that we... I mean, there's so many different, whatever, relationship rules, thresholds, but I feel like... We're really good at past a certain kind of monetary limit, unless it's a gift for the other person. Mm -hmm. We're very open about if we're going to spend that money, when we're going to spend it, Mm -hmm. and being communicative communicative about that. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, big purchases, we talk about it. And Mm -hmm. for those of you listening that know me, it takes me forever to make purchases especially if they're over like a hundred bucks that's true we talk about it a lot before he even thinks it takes me weeks to make those kind of decisions sometimes and but i mean that's i've always had to work hard for a lot of money so or for money so i think that's okay to take a long take a long time to make those kind of decisions and then then we go through it it's like phases of phases before the purchase Mm -hmm. you know well it's nice to be part of it with each other so if it's a vehicle or if it's a piece of machinery or an appliance or something that one of us is really gung-ho about getting you know we can be honest about that and try to explain those feelings to the other person because if you were just going to go secretly behind my back like start buying all this stuff and i come Mm. home and i'm like where is all this stuff that's how you see so many relationships go into like unimaginable debt because they're hiding purchases from each other on credit cards or we have access to each other's credit cards account credit card accounts we can you know, check that stuff. We help each other pay stuff off. Mm-hmm. That was something that took a little while because... Yeah, it's uncomfortable in yeah. the beginning, for sure. <laughs> I just remember being on dates and wondering who's going to pay. Mm-hmm. I think we got pretty good at splitting it. Yeah. yeah. Or we would like... It was pretty even. I think where that piece of it really turned was when we started living together. Mm, yeah. Because everything's out in the open when you're living together. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're trying to pay for utilities. You're trying to pay rent and like phone bills and whatnot but um like groceries and you know oh these light bulbs went out who's gonna pay for it this time yeah little things like that but i you know it's it's a vital piece of a relationship for Mm -hmm. sure i think the biggest thing for me that makes me feel confident in the relationship we're getting the train in the background yeah montana (laughs) yeah (laughs) um the biggest piece for me in terms of just having a, having a functioning relationship is being able to tell you about the things that I'm afraid of. Yeah. Um, because that could be something in our relationship that I'm afraid we're getting or we're slipping into this funk or we're, I'm personally slipping into something that I'm not comfortable with. 
or just fears about the future. Mm. Um, I think when you're coming from a place of vulnerability and fear, the other person is a little bit more open to maybe talking you through that and why they might not be afraid of it. And that really, yeah. I think that really helps me. Yeah, I mean, perspective is almost everything. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, somebody else could see something that you don't and it could completely change your thought process on whatever the subject is. And that also goes in. it goes into everything. You know, we live in a time now where everybody's different perspective is a problem mm-hmm. for some reason. And that is a problem because, you know, we're all different. It's important because you need to know where everybody's coming from. Yeah. And I think creating the space for each other to talk about things. So it's not always, obviously we're not always talking about things that we enjoy. <laughs> we're yeah. talking about things that are really hard or things that about each <clears throat> other that are annoyances or, you know, things that have been building for a while. Yeah. But we create scenarios. We sort of build up the space for us to be able to talk about things. So and it's always, I feel like it's always different. I think my two favorite ones that we tend to do when there's something really serious we have to talk about, um, if we're both really heated, mm-hmm. uh, writing a letter or writing an email or even a series of text messages so that you can get your thoughts out without the other person. Yeah, it's like an organized piece for the other person. Exactly. And yeah. I think as a person, writing stuff down and getting perspective on what you're writing and seeing if you sound ridiculous yeah. <laughs> helps a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's one situation where I think when there's something really hard that we need to talk about, writing it down first yeah. helps a lot. If only they could do that in the debate. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other one is playing some sort of game. Mm. I feel like some of the best times that we've been able to get to a really deep conversation or get to some sort of consensus around something was when we're playing darts or playing rummy or mm. playing some sort of game where our hands are busy and we're not necessarily looking at each other and it gives us yeah. a little more room to talk. Yeah, I mean, for me, even when I'm on the phone, like if somebody calls me or vice versa, I have to be like walking around. Mm. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know why, but for some reason, when I'm walking around, I can really process. think. Yeah, and yeah, and process what people are telling me or what I'm trying to get across to people. So that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. But um, another important thing that we talk about is just anxiety in general. Hmm. Um, I know, like I'm no stranger to that, especially from like a health side of things. I've always been very conscious of like how my body's feeling and um, how it reacts to certain things. And I I don't even remember when that started. That was probably after college Hmm. was when it really started. and, you know, it's an ongoing battle. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think I'm a lot stronger nowadays dealing with it. I've, you know, been to therapy um, multiple times. I guess not really consistently, but I have gone to kind of unload <laughs> onto a, you know, another hard drive <laughs> that has no skin in the game. I think that's really important for your mental state because one thing that my therapist had told me, and it's something that I had kind of always overlooked and tend to try to forget about too is I was in a really bad car accident with uh, one of my friends in high school senior year and you know, we'd flipped the car on a back road and it was pretty traumatic and you know I she told me that she thought that on some level I might by worrying so much about my health it's a little bit of like PTSD mm. because 
everything could have been gone like that day and ever since then just subconsciously like you're you're worried about that happening again because right. I know for a long time I couldn't even let people drive mm-hmm. me anywhere because I was the passenger in the car and especially on the highway yeah and when I was on the highway I was like white knuckled to the door and like I would try to hide that from my friends and you know we there's been times where we were coming home from Plymouth or something and somebody else was driving and we'd be sitting in the back and I'd be locked on your hand Mm -hmm. because I was I just couldn't even look straight down the road right I'd have to like look off to the side or something and that took a long time to overcome and that was probably something you know thinking about it now that's probably one of the moments when I knew that like you were like my my person I guess Mm -hmm. and that you know I could come to you for stuff like that because that was one of the more serious things in my life and Mm -hmm. um it takes going through stuff like that to find your person. And when you have someone who knows that history, yeah, all it really takes is like a look or like a handhold to be like, I know what you're feeling. I know you have anxiety right now, but like I'm here with you. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was hard. And yeah, I still worry about health related things, especially because of what we're going through right now. Mm. Um, I'm not as worried about that as I was the other health related things but very aware of what's going on and I think going to therapy not only helps you you know start to just be a little bit vulnerable and sort of talk about the way that you're feeling but it also gives you some external perspective like you were saying so that when you're talking to me about it it helps me understand a little bit better because I think it can get really frustrating when you're very anxious about something or your partner is having some sort of you know, traumatic experience that you, you don't understand. And so by them going to therapy and being able to get it out, learn why it's triggering them so much, then that person can come home and explain it to you. Sure. And then you become a better partner because you can actually understand. Yeah. And one of the things that I had a hard time with was I felt that it was always looked at, like therapy was always looked at as if you're going there, it's because you're like weak on some level, mm. not just mentally, but just like as a person. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's exactly what it is. You're just looking for help, though. Yeah. It's not It's not a matter of, oh, you're not tough or you're like, whatever. It's important that people can help you. I mean, it goes back to the perspective thing. It's People need to help you work through that stuff because if you can't understand why you're feeling what you're feeling or they can connect dots that, you know, they don't know anything about you before you walk in the door. So it's like mm-hmm. they're going to see clear signs of what you're telling them and what like between your feelings and you know stories and what like whatnot but it is important and you know a lot of the times I think you'll get to a certain place where you're just going to have a conversation with them mm-hmm. it's not you're not even going to be there for a specific reason but you'll also by doing that kind of it, it feels like a release almost mm-hmm. like weight off your shoulders when you're stressed at work or whatever personal life or like whatever it is, it's important to have somebody who doesn't know what's going on, has no connection to it, mm-hmm. and can just kind of walk you through what you're thinking. Right. And it takes a load off of your spouse too, because yeah. if you're trying to rely on each other for all of that help, you're going to burn each other out. And I feel like you and I have been good at being honest with each other about that. If one of us is going through a lot of anxiety, you know, a period of time where we're just kind of a stress ball and all these things. We go, you might need to do this. You know, I might need to go see your therapist because I'm here for you and I love you, but I don't know how to help you through this. Right. And 
I think it's been really important for us to do that and be honest about the process too. And not feel like we have to pry into like each other's therapy sessions, but leave the door open if the other person wants to talk about what they talked to their therapist about. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, you go, I just wait till you're, you want to tell me. Yeah. I don't ask you how it went. I don't do any of that. Cause most of the time I'm so blown away by the stuff that she comes up with. <laughs> I yeah. want to tell you immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause it's not really any of my business. Mm. So that's a time for you to kind of unload. But, you know, moving out here, even leading up to moving out here, it was really mentally exhausting. Mm. And I think the anxiety levels went up pretty quick because once we got here, then COVID hit and all that kind of stuff. And it does a number mm. on you. And I think we, we were fortunate enough to find other ways besides therapy. I mean, we still do it, but hiking in the mountains, going on the raft you know there's there's tons of things to do outside mm-hmm. and just kind of being surrounded in the mountains it almost kind of lifted some of that without even trying mm. and it was a pretty stressful period for a few months there and you know i i started to go right back to the the health stuff and worrying so much about it but you find ways to work through it through therapy and bugging your wife and <laughs> so and humor i think that's another thing that has always helped me deal with things. Mm-hmm. So in those situations where we're talking about things that are really serious, so say one of us has a goal that we want to achieve and it's going to cause, you know, it's going to create some sacrifice on the other person. One of the situations that always comes to mind is when I decided to take that job in New York mm-hmm. and we talked about it a lot. Yeah, that was, yeah, we went out to breakfast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a long conversation. And I had to admit that I was going to be gone a week, almost a week out of every month. Yeah. And, you know. Maybe even two three right. months. Yeah. And we did, we just had no idea what it was going to be like, but mm-hmm. we knew it was going to be hard. Yeah. Um, so we knew that it was going to be really hard on our relationship, for sure. It was, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen it with parents or friends that lived apart. We lived apart for a year and a half yeah. and dated, and it was really hard on us. Yeah. Um, but we knew that there would be ways that we could get through it. And I think one of the best tools that we've built is a way for each of us to de-escalate a really serious conversation. Yeah. yeah. So what's yours? How can you get me to stop <laughs> being mad at you? Um, I mean, I think my go-to is it's always to uh, to make you laugh somehow, make you giggle or something. You're well, very good at that. Yeah. Once it's I, infuriating. Once I see... <laughs> The smile crack. I'm like, yes. <laughs> All right. We can get somewhere now. <laughs> Especially you, because when you fight or you bicker, you have to get the last word, even yeah. when you're wrong. I grew up in a family that worked in law, like <laughs> in a law firm. So it's, it's what we do. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think my way to get you to calm down is usually some sort of physical touch. It's like if we've gone to bed angry, which I don't think it, I think it's fine to go to bed angry. Everybody says not to, but I think we've done it enough times that we wake up and everything's fine. I guess so. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. you go to your, you know, you lay down angry and I'm usually the one to push my foot over to the other side of the bed and tap yeah. your leg or reach out and grab a finger, <laughs> grab your hand, yeah. something just to let you know I'm not ready to speak to you, but yeah. I still love you. 
Yeah, and at that point, we know we can go home with a W. <laughs> that's not me giving up. Oh, 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 that's what that is. Okay. Sorry, I mis- misinterpreted that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's also something that's pretty important because if you just resent people through arguments and whatever you're arguing about, it's what's what good is that going to do? So mm-hmm. you're just wasting time. Like, you're wasting time being mad at somebody when you guys can be happy mm-hmm. so why don't you just get it over with argue about it get everything out there and figure out how to fix it mm-hmm. and then move on that really is the thing i mean knowing that you're both in it to find a solution yeah. and not just to fight for the hell of it you're actually yeah. trying to figure out some sort of consensus around the issue yeah one of the things i recently learned <clears throat> from reading a Brene Brown book. Well, actually, no, it was the Netflix special we watched. And she was talking about relationships and how you get through an argument. Mm-hmm. And it's this concept of the story I'm telling myself. So there's a lot of situations in a marriage or even in a friendship or anything where the other person is doing something and the story that you're telling yourself about the situation is completely different. Yeah. So if you're ignoring me, one day you're you know you're being quiet he gets quiet sometimes i don't do that (laughs) he's being quiet he's not being cheerful which is not normal for you you're always in a pretty good mood i start to tell myself that i did something wrong Mm. and that i'm now walking on eggshells because i'm trying to think about all the things that i did wrong or the way that you react to something that i say without saying anything back or really responding to what i'm saying i'm telling myself all these things about how you think I'm stupid or how but you know I you know shouldn't have said that and it happens in all all different arguments you tell yourself a story about what the other person is thinking yeah and there's been a couple of situations I think in our relationship where we've overheard something or we've seen the other person do something that made us feel worse than what the situation actually was yeah one of the ways I think it's really easy to start building resentment is when instead of asking directly for what you want, you make a snarky comment or, you know, say something under your breath yeah. about what the other person's doing. I'm thinking about last weekend yeah. when we were cleaning the house and I had cleaned the living room and I wanted you to clean the kitchen. And then we were about to go grocery shopping and I made a nice little snarky comment like, yep. it'd be nice to bring the groceries home to a clean kitchen. Mm. Yeah, it, was, it went over pretty well, as you could imagine. Um, sitting there relaxing on Sunday, and um, I had agreed to, to clean the kitchen um, that day, but I didn't know it had to be done right away. Um, that's my bad, I guess. But I think the way you handled it was good because you basically you did tell me to my face if you want me to do something, just ask me to do it. Yeah. And. Yeah. I think we see a lot of couples getting into that situation where instead of just asking for what you need, which can be really hard depending on the situation, yeah. you're just making passive comments or <laughs> even like passive aggressive comments. Yeah. And that it's just like a dig because that's what happens when you're living with someone, you know how to get to them. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to get them riled up mm-hmm. or something that's really going to make them angry. Yeah. And if you're feeling neglected, then that's that's a lot of people's go-to is to make the other person feel just as bad. Yeah. I, <laughs> there's probably dozens of those little petty fights 
throughout a month or whatever. But mm-hmm. <laughs> or, And there's a lot of couples that yeah. I talk to that say, we'd much rather bicker than fight. Yeah. So they're constantly at each other. Yeah. But that means they don't blow up because they're not holding on to all that yeah. resentment and anger. Well, bickering is, I mean, that's, I feel like that's even important because we're just like, it goes back to the honesty thing because you're just explaining what your honest feelings are in the moment and whether they're valid or accurate, mm-hmm. you know, might as well say it rather than bottle it up. Mm-hmm. I think I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the marriage advice that we've seen or even been given, but one of them yeah. that really does matter is never being afraid to say that you're sorry first. Yeah. You don't need to win the fight. Yeah. You both need to be in it to find a solution and move forward. But if you wait long enough, <laughs> you're probably going to win. <laughs> Not funny. I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think <laughs> I think we could both say that we've never really gone by the book in on marriage steps. No. So I think it's worked, though. <laughs> yeah, we're doing okay. Yeah. But we're constantly learning and changing, and still at this point, 11 years later, still learning new things about each other, which blows mm-hmm. my mind considering how much we talk all yeah. the time. Yeah. And even now, I mean... During the pandemic, we spent a lot of time together, and we still are spending. It's great. It's great. It great six months. <laughs> we're still spending a lot of one-on-one time, but I think it's really important to constantly be reevaluating and not just taking somebody for granted or mm-hmm. even expecting them to do things or expecting it to be not the relationship that you want. Yeah. So I know what I really like that we do on our anniversary every year is we ask each other two questions. Yeah. And they are. What was your favorite memory that happened this year, mm. this past year? And the other one is what's something that I can do better in our relationship? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, I, I like it because, you know, people change a lot throughout a year. So those answers are always different, mm. I feel. And I think that's a, it's a good way to kind of refresh every year and kind of build on ourselves as well as individuals and as a couple. Mm-hmm. So. And I think it will be really important in the next couple of years because there's just so many big decisions you have to make at that point, these point in your life. Yeah. And, you know, eventually when you have a family or even with your friends, taking that time to sit down and actually evaluate, do I have a room in this relationship for happiness and sadness and yeah. honesty? And if you don't, try to make some room. Yeah. And be or be honest with your partner that they're not making room for you to be frustrated. You know, you feel like you can't be honest about the things that they do that bother you um cuz you're just afraid they're going to blow up or leave you or something. Yeah. I mean, that part that part I think is more for early relationship or like early stage of relationship. Mm-hmm. Because I can say I can say that like every time we get into a really heated argument or something when we were first started going out um, especially within like the first year you start to because I mean you're not really comfortable yet you don't really have your roots as a couple yet mm. um, you know you're always thinking about that kind of stuff if you're getting to a big argument you're not living together so mm. once you take off you don't know where that person's going you don't know like like if they're okay or if they're like really upset or mm. you know then you start to 
kind of gain the trust in the relationship of, okay, I can't think that this person's going to leave me every time they disagree with what I'm saying mm. <laughs> or else you'll drive yourself nuts. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's also kind of in balance with something I've told a lot of my girlfriends I feel like we talk about is that separating is always on the table. Like, yeah. you, you don't want that and that's why you acknowledge that it could happen mm-hmm. because if you could just pretend that divorce or breaking up or whatever is never a reality, you're never going to do anything to prevent getting to that point sure yeah yeah it's almost like you're respecting it right <laughs> almost yeah i mean you're not expecting that you being honest with someone means they're going to walk out the door and you have to be okay with that but that no one is should be forced to be in a situation or a relationship that they don't want to be in so your job being the other half of that relationship is to make that other person want to be there yeah and work together to get places and know that there is always an out but you may not want to go down that road yeah yeah i completely agree so one of the ways i feel like we always do find things to talk to each other about is that we do kind of our own separate learning or you know engaging with stuff that we find is interesting and that gives us some talking points when we're out to dinner or sitting on the couch or whatever it is so i wanted to talk a little bit about some of our favorite podcasts because that's how you know our interest in podcasts is really what got me started wanting to make my own yeah so, what is it about podcasts that you think people really like right now? What, why is that the medium that seems to be blowing up? Um, I think it's, one, you can learn from a lot of them. Two, I think that's where a lot of people get their news. That's where people get their facts. Um, and then I listen to a few key podcasts. And, you know, obviously Joe Rogan. I know everybody listens to Joe Rogan. <laughs> um, that makes sense to me because... He has such a variety of people on there Mm -hmm. from all different, you know, areas of the world, you know, different um, fields and like different artists from from a music standpoint or but he's so invested in those people and so knowledgeable. Yeah, he researches them. He like has so much to say. I mean, for those of you who do listen to him, usually his podcasts are about three hours on Mm -hmm. average. And it's because. I feel like he's so interesting on on his own, and it's really impressive what he knows, <laughs> um, and to the level that he knows it. But you know, then there's other podcasts like I listen to uh, Two Bears One Cave <laughs> with uh, Bert Kreischer and Tom Segura, who are both comedians, and you know they they just shoot the shit the whole time, and mm-hmm. they're hilarious. they're so funny to listen to. It. And it and I think I listen to that one a lot because. Um, it's lighthearted in a time where things aren't very lighthearted everywhere you look. Mm. So it kind of grounds you a little bit and it eases the tension in the room, so to say. Mm. Listening to them laugh is one of my favorite things oh, in man. the world. When <laughs> Burke gets going, it's, it's, it's insane. You always think he's going to have a heart attack because he's laughing so hard. <laughs> but, you know, it's a great podcast, so highly recommend that one. Um, and then, because I'm in a hunting listening to the Meat Eater podcast with Steven Ranella, who's also been on Joe Rogan uh, multiple times. It's all hunting. It's all about conservation, and which is great because they have tons of wildlife stories because they have so much experience. And they also have great guests on there that aren't always just hunting. But, you know, they Steve is a huge advocate for the national parks and conservation. and Public land. Public lands and how we use them and getting access to them because we have so many 
so many acres of public land that we can't even get to. And because they're blocked by private property. Right, exactly. And so that that's a great one if you're if you're into um, you don't have to be into hunting to listen to it. Hmm. You know, if you're just into just wildlife in general and conservation. Or conservation and mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's great and it's a great group that I think it's four or five guys usually. That show, the podcast and his TV show were probably the first way for me to get used to the idea of hunting because yeah. I wasn't raised around people that hunted and mm-hmm. you know you didn't really get into it like till later in our relationship so yeah. I had to totally learn about this world and if you learn it from the wrong person it can be really scary and right. you may not like it but I I do feel like that in their podcast is a great way for them to actually get their message out that it's about so much more than pulling the trigger yeah and the land is like the most really the most important thing because if there's no ecosystem then it doesn't work conservation doesn't work right right and it's been quite the battle to protect it all Mm -hmm. so and it's still ongoing it's probably going to keep going for as long as we're here so Mm -hmm. yeah i would say my kind of top podcast inspirations well my my one that was the reason I created this podcast was stuff you should know from how stuff works because oh, yeah. Yeah. every episode is something so out of the blue. <laughs> it's yeah. how bras were created. It's how the the New York water system was built. Yeah, um, that was because I mean that's the field that I'm in is we work for the city in engineering and mm-hmm. water and sewer design is one of our key mm-hmm. <laughs> key deals and that was a very interesting podcast. I just love. The variation in the content and the variation in the the timing. So there's some that are really short, maybe 15 minute interviews, or and it's the two same hosts every time. Or there's a 40 to 40 minute to an hour long segment on like antibacterial soap. (laughs) And for some people, you'd be like, "That's I never want to sit and spend that much time listening to something," but it flies by. Yeah. That's what I think is so powerful about podcasts is that you they go so fast. You would think listening to a 45 minute podcast is you know, forever, but so many people are still commuting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you listening to it while you're working? Yeah. Yeah. I think the one last year was short, but the Bear Brook podcast, Mm, I know a lot of our friends like listen to it because it happened right where we grew up. Right. So a lot of us could be like, Oh man, I know where that is. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. And And that was the first kind of crime junkie esque podcast that I really got into. There's a couple others that I've, I've dabbled in, but that one I listened to within a matter of days. Yeah. So good. Yeah. My favorite one, I have a couple of guilty pleasures. Michelle Obama's podcast is my favorite, yeah. <laughs> probably, just because I love how she handles things and the guests that she had on are so good. Yeah. Um, I listen to that one yet. I have to. My favorite one to learn is, is still Stuff You Should Know. Um, so my favorite podcast to learn... Uh, things about what's going on in the news is oh. the daily. So that's what gets pushed out by the New York Times every morning. Sure. And then there's another one by NPR. It's up first. That's the one I up meant. Up first, yeah. Meant, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. Yeah. Just to get like your dose of the news that's not visual. <laughs> it's not terrifying. Yeah. It's just sort of what's happening in the world um, from two sources that are generally in the middle so they're going to show you know multiple sides of an argument or something like that versus trying to get it from any of the the really biased media yeah yeah i hadn't up first is the one i usually listen to more so after big things happen so you can kind of get a unbiased view on things and i'm trying to think of one that i listen to just for like the comedy aspect um 
There's a couple that I find really funny. Hysteria is really good. It's hosted mm-hmm. by all women, and it's it's all sort of focused on women's issues, which I find really interesting. Yeah. Um, I love the armchair expert with Dax Shepard. Yeah, that's, that's a, great a good one. one. Yeah. But yeah, there's just so much content out there yeah. and it's overwhelming, but I, there is a podcast for everybody. That's kind of the great thing. It's whether you just want to listen to the news or you just want to laugh and kind of escape the world. They have narrative story podcasts where it's just a different chapter of a story every single time. Yeah. Um, I was listening to Office Ladies, which talks about all the episodes of oh, The yeah. Office. Oh man. Yeah. We, we were talking about that. We need a, they need one for Parks and Rec. They really do. Oh man. Especially now that you can't watch it. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, they moved everything to, was it Peacock? Is there's the new, another new there's streaming. There's a new streaming service, yeah. There's a new streaming service every day. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's getting expensive. It is. <laughs> they need a package deal where you can get all of the streaming services in one platform for a monthly price. Like you used to pay for cable, which is basically cable. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Well, you haven't mentioned one podcast that you probably should really enjoy listening to. Hmm. Uh, I think... I think I got them all. <laughs> oh, right. The Serial Podcast. Ah. Uh, yeah, those are good. Crime mystery. Oh, yeah. This one. This one. Okay. Uh, I mean, I really love the Can't Stop Learning Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Me too. <laughs> really well produced. Great guests. Absolutely. A lot of time <laughs> and effort goes into it. You can tell. <laughs> So, well, on that note, I will let you go back to watching football. <laughs> oh, man. But thank you for coming on again. I'm happy to be here. Always happy to be on here talking to you. <laughs> All right, I release you. Woohoo! I gotta go see what the dog is crying about. She's being quite the loaf. <laughs> All right, talk to you soon. Bye. Continuous learning and improvement is important in every area of your life, especially in your closest relationships. Whether you're trying to learn about yourself in relation to those people or the ways in which you can be a better friend, partner, or relative, communication is at the heart and soul of that process. Good, bad, frustrated, or enthusiastic, being able to be you in all of those relationships as your vulnerable, authentic self can be the most freeing feeling in the world. A big shout out to my close friend and artist, Mike Holloway, who produced the music for this episode. Just another reminder, I love your support to keep the show growing and supporting artists like Mike through a monthly subscription to the show. Check out the description on the ways that you can help. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to go give us a star rating and a review to help share our show with more people. And follow us at Can't Stop Pod on Instagram for show announcements, fun facts, and more info about all of our guests. Talk to you next time.